Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast, sharing a rundown of tips and strategies to live healthier and happier in a fun way. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Today, I'm talking with a runner who recently completed her first full marathon and describes it as magical. Magical. She used that word. That's wild to me because I would describe my first full marathon as traumatizing or at least painful. She's also sharing how running has helped her mental health, especially during a rough first year of teaching. And I'll be letting you know my thoughts on therapy. Hopefully, I won't be using this as a therapy session, but no promises, you know? Saves money. In case you're new here, my name is Monica, and I started runeatrepeat.com to share my journey training for my first full marathon and trying to lose weight. Much to my surprise, the site grew, an awesome following, and now it's also this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can get the show notes, training plans, recipes, and more on runeatrepeat.com, or you can get more randomness and fun at runeatrepeat on Instagram. Now, let's start off with the warm-up. Okay, first, since we're talking about mental health today, and I talk about a lot of health-related issues, we talk about running injuries and foods, I want to remind you that running repeat is never meant to serve as medical advice. Please go see a doctor or professional if they could help you in any way, and I know that that's kind of hard to put together with marathon, half marathon training, where there is often this message of suck it up, buttercup, you want to be tough, you want to persevere, you want to push yourself. And we talk about it specifically related to your mental game and mental training and how your mind gives up before your body does, right? So If you are in the right mindset, you can push yourself. Yes. And it also can help so much if you can talk to someone that can reframe your thinking or go to a physical therapist that can change your gait the smallest bit to prevent an injury. Talk to a therapist that can give you another way to communicate or view something so that it is improving how you communicate in a significant way. There is so much to be said for talking to an expert when you are struggling with something. And I am all for getting help wherever you can so that you can get better, feel better, faster. So I do want to encourage you if you think you can benefit in any way from talking to professional for whatever it may be, I am all for it. And I want to tell you my experience with therapy. I don't know how much I've shared in the past. I feel like I have obviously been open about going to therapy, but I have been seeing a lot of messages about end the stigma I guess this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And one of the things, one of the messages and hashtags that I keep seeing is this idea of end the stigma. And that's kind of interesting to me because I have never thought that there was one or I have never carried any sort of judgment towards someone 
with a mental health issue, someone getting help for mental health. And I am so lucky and so grateful that it has always been very normal and no big deal. Like it's no different from someone going to the dentist or someone going to the doctor. Yeah. If you're going to go see a therapist or a psychiatrist, if you need to take medication for depression, I don't think it's any different for taking medication for diabetes. Like I am so happy and I think it has helped me so much in my life and my journey and getting to a good place and being comfortable with therapy and being comfortable talking about it. Hello. I have been open about it on the podcast, on the blog, on social media to kind of share that, yeah, I'm in therapy or this is kind of where I am with things. This is my thought process. And if nothing else, I hope that it kind of normalizes it for other people because I think it's really, really important. And to kind of take a step back, I wanted to share how and why, I guess, I think it's normal. So to take a step back and give you a little bit of context, I was a chubby kid and I was aware of the fact that I was overweight, chubby, fat, whatever you want to call it. Probably from at definitely third grade, I remember being called a hippo. I remember being called fat. I remember being really aware and self-conscious. Uh, but I think before that too, there was like one or two instances where someone like tried to pick me up um, and or made a comment about me being like big or heavy or whatever. So I knew, and I started, that seed was already planted that I was fat, that my body was weird or not good or different in a bad way, way back then. And so I started to already be self-conscious. And it's this very messed up thing too, because when you tell someone who they are, when you tell yourself who you are, you kind of start to live that and treat yourself that way and embody it that much more. And so looking back on pictures, I wasn't super overweight. I was a little, I was big. I was chubby. It was like a little kid chubby. It wasn't to an unhealthy point. I definitely wasn't an obese child, but I was chubby and I feel like because I owned that and I believed it, I made myself more chubby. I treated myself like I was chubby. I think I was more likely to seek food for comfort because I thought like, yes, this is who I am. This is what I do. And being ashamed of your body and not loving it doesn't make you treat it good. So I wasn't on a path from the very beginning to treat my body like I loved it. I was ashamed of it. I was very self-conscious and it got worse and worse because as you get older, as you go through puberty, you're awkward. I was gaining more weight and it just really messed with me and was something that I have carried since then and really have 
like have to still make a conscious effort to not still think about myself. Like I think because it is so far back and is so much a part of, you know, who I am, who I thought I was, I still believe, like, I think I'll still always be that chubby kid. And it takes an effort to redefine myself and how I see myself. So this is stuff going way back. And in high school, I gained a lot more weight. I've always kind of fluctuated, but there was like a time period where I gained a lot more weight, uh, probably at my heaviest in high school. I don't know, it was like 180, 190. I don't know. I don't want to get into numbers too much because I think it's very triggering for people. But I was, yeah, gained a lot of weight and didn't really know how to lose weight in a healthy way. So I tried the Atkins diet. I tried South Beach. I tried shakes. I did cabbage soup. I did every different kind of diet. And it just led to me turning into a binge eater. I would starve myself and then I would binge repeat, basically, for a really long time. And it's not healthy. It's not helpful. It's not a long-term weight loss. And it just made me that much more obsessed with my weight, what I was eating, my body, and more aware of the fluctuations in the scale, which just took over my life. And so in college, I had a boyfriend and realized that my body issues, my food issues, we were weird. They were not normal because they were starting fights with us. And it was really affecting our relationship in a negative way. And I felt it getting worse. Like I knew I can't just pretend this isn't the situation. I can't make myself be comfortable in these awkward situations. We would go to a party and I would just be like miserable and self-conscious. And I literally just thought that everyone was like disgusted that I was there, or I just felt so self-conscious that I couldn't have a good time. I couldn't socialize. I was worried if there was going to be food that I should eat or couldn't eat there. And it just, it really started to affect us. We were fighting because I didn't want to do things that he wanted to do. And I knew these were kind of normal things. And I didn't want to say, I don't want to go because I'm fat or I'm embarrassed or whatever it was, because I didn't want to point it out to him. Like I understood that he could see how I looked, but I didn't want to be like, hey, don't you realize your girlfriend's super fat? Like, why don't you just go by yourself? So I decided I needed to go to therapy. And to take a step back before that, looking back on it, this again has been, it was just so awesome and such a blessing for me that I was kind of in this situation because that guy, his family would have Sunday dinner. And we were together like, I don't know, three, four years, basically all of my college time. 
And from the very beginning, his family would have Sunday dinner. I would go often and they would talk. His mom was going to therapy and she was going to OA, which is Overeaters Anonymous. And I think one of his sisters was going to therapy too. He had three sisters and, you know, sometimes they would bring their husbands or boyfriends and talking about therapy, talking about OA was such a normal part of the conversation. It was no different than, you know, if someone is in a softball team and you're just like, oh, how'd the softball go yesterday? Like someone would just ask her, hey, oh, how was therapy? Or she would bring it up. So normal, nothing wrong with it. And so from the very beginning, it was like, yeah, this is normal. When someone has an issue, they go, you know, if you break your arm, you go see the doctor. If you (laughs) break your brain or your body image, you go see a therapist. And so when I kind of realized that this was bad and getting worse, I decided to go to therapy and I was on my parent, on my mom's health insurance. So I had my little medical card, looked up a therapist. The first one didn't work, uh, just wasn't someone that I clicked with. So went back, looked up someone else and found someone that I clicked with. I wanted to work with someone that specialized in eating disorders, but not specifically like I wanted to feel like they got me. And I thought that Uh, I was like a very unique case because I think sometimes, or at least in the past, I used to think that eating disorders were like anorexia or bulimia. And I was a binge eater, but I wasn't making myself throw up or anything. So I thought like, this is weird. You know, I have crazy issues with food, but I'm still overweight. And I found someone that I clicked with and I was able to go to and they helped me a ton. I saw a dietitian. I found intuitive eating, which was so awesome. And it was a long process, but I was doing it and I was comfortable with it. And I think that that was so empowering and liberating that I had this issue. I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone in my real life, not because I was super, I wasn't obviously proud of it. I'm not telling people that I'm binge eating, but I just thought they couldn't really help me. Like, I I think I would put myself out there with the people I'm closest to if I thought like they could help me, but I'm like, they're just going to say, Hey, don't do that. Or why don't you do this? And it was just, I realized I was self-aware enough to realize how messed up I was I wasn't aware enough to realize how to fix it myself. So I got help. And so I ended up not staying with that boyfriend. And a few years later, met Ben, we got married. And I have mentioned this in the past as well, going to couples therapy with him. I think I've mentioned this. I don't know. Um, But we went to couples therapy when we were having problems. And I'm so glad too, that it was already this normal thing. I didn't think it was a big deal. And so I think in part because I treated it very normally. And I think he was super open-minded. I didn't have to drag him. I didn't have to convince him. It was like, yeah, we need a neutral third party to help us navigate these issues. Going to that, I am so glad that we did that as well, because whether or not 
a relationship even works out, you want to know that you kind of gave it your best shot and you can be more at peace with something if you think like, yes, I tried everything I could and this is where I am, but I really did give 100% and try every kind of avenue potentially to make it work. And after we split up, I continued to go to therapy and I actually go to the therapist that we went to together. So our former couples therapist, just because I feel like I was getting to know her. I had this awesome comfort level and she is really awesome in all of the sessions. It is meant to be productive and proactive and really work on stuff. I'm not just sitting there talking about my feelings. There are things that I have done to kind of navigate and clarify the things that I've done wrong, the patterns that I don't want to repeat, the areas where I'm stuck, because oftentimes the issues that I am bringing to the table, my mistakes, I'm going to make the same mistakes in other relationships. And these aren't just romantic relationships, but these are friendships and with family and with acquaintances or just different people. Everyone you come across, you are the common denominator in all of your relationships. So you are bringing stuff and you want to make sure that the stuff you're bringing is positive and awesome and that you are self-aware. And being self-aware owning my weaknesses and my strengths too, I think is just so important and has been so helpful and just exciting and promising because I did struggle with so much coming off of coming out of that relationship because I do want to own my part in it and trying to balance the things that I've done wrong with the things the other half of a relationship has done wrong is hard to do. And it has helped me so much. There was actually, I want to say, was it the summer before last? I did a girls weekend with SR and Katie. We went to Palm Springs and Katie and I live in Southern California, outside of Palm Springs, and SR flew in. So Katie picked up SR from the airport. We drove separately and they went to Palm Springs and I got there late, later than Katie thought I was going to get there. We ended up getting into what could have been a big fight. I almost called it a fight. We potentially could have gotten into a fight. Katie was unhappy with some of my actions, I was completely caught off guard and we navigated it like two people who have been in therapy or counseling or have just been taught how to communicate in a way that is going to be productive. And it was kind of funny. Like now I think it's very funny too, because I remember we're going back and forth and we are both speaking our truth in love, you know, but obviously it's, she's super upset and I could have gotten immediately defensive. And 
it could have just been a big F you kind of fight. We were able to both like own this is this is what I think. This is how I feel. This is my point of view. Apologize for the things that we did not realize the other person was experiencing. And Sarah's just sitting there on the bed after. And after we like have worked it out, Sarah says something like, whoa, I felt like I was in a therapy session right there. That was some good work. <laughs> and we didn't realize it because, you know, we're going back and forth and we are in the moment and we're a little, it was a little intense. It wasn't super heated, but it was, it was like serious. And it was this, you know, tennis match going back and forth, but productive. And I, I like just thought it was funny because Sarah's just like listening to this and you could just tell that these are two people that are just like, I am not going to resort to name calling. I'm not going to get defensive. I'm not going to stonewall and shut you down. We're going to have a productive conversation. And what I'm going back to is the benefits of sometimes talking to someone and navigating it spill over into how you are conducting yourself, how you see yourself, how you are dealing with every relationship. And I think that's awesome. I vote everyone should go to therapy or learn how to communicate, learn how to communicate better, learn potentially why other people communicate in a certain way. There's just so much to be said for us being more self-aware. And then the next step to that is being more aware of where other people are coming from. It makes all of your interactions better, which makes me excited and happy. So yeah. And as a little funny side note, one time I saw this, I think it was on Instagram, it said, uh, I go to therapy to learn how to deal with people who should have went to therapy, which, amen. <laughs> I feel like that as well, because I have had to interact with people that are hurt people, hurt people that have tried to just be hurtful, right? Or just are don't deal with things in a healthy, productive way. And if you are at peace, you can respond in a peaceful way and you don't have to engage in any sort of negative interactions with people, right? All of that is just my little, I don't know, story of therapy. I think that it has been a positive experience. So like I said, I hope that if you feel like you need help, you seek it out. And if there is someone in your life that has a mental health issue or needs therapy or whatever it is, that if nothing else, you can be a source of support and friendship for them in a completely non-judgmental way. Because I think that that is so important. And like I said, I, I have had relationships with people in my life that have issues. And I hope that I am a safe place for them because I am not here to judge or, I mean, I should not judge. I'm very far from perfect, but it makes me proud. I, I mean, I don't think I'm the best friend, to be honest. Don't tell Katie or Sarah this. 
because they know you don't have to tell them they'll tell you but i am proud if nothing else that when it comes to mental health and therapy um chemical imbalances whatever it is that i am non-judgmental and supportive so that is the one tiny little thing i have going for me and with that i think we should get into the interview A while back, I put out a call for runners and coaches who wanted to be on the podcast and got great response. And we're starting out that series today. Let me know what you think about it. You can comment in the show notes at runnyrepeat.com or comment on Instagram at runnyrepeat. Today, our running buddy is Kalina Sauter from Turnersville, New Jersey. She's going to tell us why her first marathon was magical, how running has affected her mental health, And some of her favorites, her running favorites, including the songs that she says we have to add to our playlist. Now let's catch up with Kalina. But I wanted to start out by asking how you got started running, kind of what your running journey has been. Okay. uh, So I started running to lose weight, obviously, like everybody else. (laughs) I was getting married in about like a year and a half and I w- I'm a teacher. So it was my first year teaching, like right before I got married, my teaching was like, my teaching placement was just absolutely horrible. There was just a lot of behaviors in my classroom where I didn't have to deal with it. And I was just eating like crazy because that's what made me feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as I was going through all this stuff, I was seeing that I was gaining a lot of weight and I was like, oh my God, I need to do something. I'm getting married soon. <laughs> so I actually just started running, doing the couch to 5k. And when I started seeing the benefits of running, not only like in weight loss, but how I actually felt going to work, I wasn't as stressed out and I wasn't as feeling like frantic during the day (laughs) after getting the run done in the morning. But that's how I started running. And then I found a local group over here in New Jersey, shout out Run 856. They actually were really welcoming and, you know, the running community is super amazing. And I never thought (laughs) runners were going to be so nice to a novice runner but yeah I actually found some people to run with and it became more of a social thing and uh, also a like stress reliever and that's how I pretty much got started running Mm -hmm. I love that and I totally agree I feel like runners are the best and just super welcoming and it's kind of funny because even though we run races it doesn't always feel like we're racing each other you know, it seems like we're in this together. I like that. Yeah, it's really weird. And then when I started doing like little tiny 5Ks and like of training with people, they were like, oh my God, you can do it. Come on, you can go. You like, they were just so help, so helpful. And even during a race where like I'd be walking, you'd be like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, especially like doing like the half marathons and stuff. They would just be like, do you need a gel? Do you need salt tabs? I I have some if you need them. And it's like random strangers that, you know, you've never met before. 
Yeah, I love that. That makes me so happy. I'm obviously a fan of running and runners in general. At the end of the 5K, couch to 5K plan, did you do a 5K or how did you kind of transition into doing races? So I kind of looked at the couch to 5K and I kind of just like did my own thing, but kind of following it. I wasn't training for a 5K. I just wanted to 5K seemed like a, like, oh, three miles. It seems like an okay distance. But my first race was a 5K and I had finished the couch to 5K about maybe like two months before. So I was like really nervous. And like, I remember one of my runs right before that 5K, I was running and I felt horrible at like mile like one and a half. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. Like a 5k seems so, so hard. And I remember calling my mom crying because she lives in California and I was like crying. And I was like, Bob, I can't do this. This is so hard. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was stressing about a 5k. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did the 5k and I felt like, Oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> Um, and it was one of the uh, hot chocolate runs. So, you know, eating all that chocolate helped. Too. <laughs> For sure. And that just I love runs like that, where there's kind of like this party at the end, like you really get to kind of enjoy and celebrate what you just did. Yeah, yeah. And I just keep thinking about that first race. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, that was so, so easy, you know, compared to what has happened so far like lately so it's just great like that 5k was just great yeah I love that and the thing is though that I think when we're doubting ourselves because no matter what distance you're training for I think we all have had runs where we're like I don't think I can do this and as much as people can be there for support support and like cheer us on there is nothing like actually doing it to make you feel awesome and give you confidence in yourself. Totally agree. Totally agree. So how did your first marathon go then? It was magical. Like (laughs) there's no other way to put it. I don't even, I, every time I think about it, it just puts a huge smile on my face because it was just, it was just great. I don't know. And people are like, what? The marathon's great. You know, like my, my family and my cousins and stuff, they were like, no, it wasn't. You're just saying that. And I'm like, no, it was actually like the best moment of my life. And, you know, like my, hu- my husband gets all like bothered because <laughs> it wasn't our wedding day. It was my marathon. <laughs> but it, it was, I don't, it was just, um, there's no words. Because usually when I do run, um, there's always, you know, that little tiny voice in your head that's always like, no, stop. You can stop now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. You're you're good. You're fine. Or like, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. It's too far. Too long. But and that usually happens in, in well, like in my head when I'm running like longer distances, you know, longer than like six miles. There's always that little tiny voice is like, nope. You can't do it. Nope, stop. But during the marathon, not once did I ever think that it was unachievable, which was so, so weird. It was like I was on a runner's high the entire time. 
Mm-hmm. That is so um, awesome. What what race did you do? I did the Philly Marathon. Okay. This past November, yeah, but it was just it was just great. I don't know if it was because my sister flew out for it because she wanted to be there. I don't know if it was her being there or just. You know, my husband finally came out to a race. He doesn't really come out to races. I don't know if it was them too being there or just like the crowd support. There was just so many people. It was a great race. I even got like really bad side stitches around mile like 19. So like the last 10K of the marathon I had horrible side stitches, like so bad that I had to keep stopping mm-hmm. and walking. And even even then, I was just like, I'm almost done. <laughs> like, I don't care if I have to walk. I'm almost done. Yeah. Who cares? I'll be good. <laughs> but I still remember this woman. I, I wish there was a photographer there because it was just great. I was like, during those like run walk interval she had a sign that was like that it was I think it was mild it was like the last 5k it was like after this 5k you're a marathoner and I, I remember looking at the poster and being like oh my god after this 5k I will be a marathoner and I remember like bursting into tears uh-huh. and the lady was like is this your first marathon and I was like yeah and she's like come here and I was like I'm really sweaty <laughs> I was like do you really want to hug me and she and she's like come here come here she's like oh my gosh keep going you're you're doing so great you're almost done I, I wish I got this lady's number I wish like I knew her it was just it was just great after that I was like I, I did it I love that. I love that. And it's so, I really love that you're saying all this too, because I feel like my first marathon story, I'm the worst. Like I am not encouraging to people because I'm like, my eyelashes hurt. Like everything on my body was falling apart, which is not the best (laughs) message to send if you want to encourage people. So this is super awesome. So when we first We're messaging. I know that you had mentioned too that in addition to the physical health benefits of running, running has kind of affected your mental health. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit too. So I've been dealing with uh, depression for a long time. It just never, like until I came to like my adult life, I realized that I had it. You know, um, my, it runs with my family and I was always like, you know, like during high school, you have that like emo phase where like you wear all black and, you know, you do all the, all those like crazy stuff. You go to Warp Tour, you listen to all of these like emo bands and stuff. And um, I always thought it was just a phase or just like how I was. Um, I never thought that I, I never thought that I thought everybody thought the way I did. And there was all these times where I was like super down, never realized what was going on. So I came to my adult life and I was like, oh my God, this is, I have like a form of like high functioning depression where I can be everything and do everything and be fine and look fine until I get home and I'm by myself. And it's like, 
I'm a disaster. But when, when I was starting running and I had that job where I was just coming home every, I, I was driving home every day and just crying because it, it was just a bad job. Sorry to anybody who's a new teacher, but like my first <laughs> job was really bad, but it was just so bad. And, it, and that's when my depression got really bad where I was like self-medicating with food where, you know, I didn't care if I ate like four slices of pizza and like a uh, like carton of ice cream, you know, and I didn't realize that until I started running until I was like, okay, I need to get my stuff together. When I started running, I was like, oh my God, I feel so much better. There wasn't that anxiety inside of me anymore. I mean, there's still anxiety. It's still there, but it was just more manageable. And I feel like after I run, especially when I'm going through one of those like depressive episodes, I feel better about myself and better, like ready to tackle the problems of the day. But when I was not running, because <laughs> there were times where I just stopped running, I did feel way, way different. Like I was like, oh my gosh, running really is helping me because I was like oh I'll stop running it's okay I don't need to run anymore and then when I would stop running I'm like oh my god I need to run because (laughs) like I don't like feeling like this I Mm -hmm. didn't realize how much of a huge help that running was even like working out going to like a spin class or a Zumba class or something how much it helps just like regulate things like chemically (laughs) and I started reading into all these like benefits of how running you like you get all these endorphins and it just helps ease everything and I'm like yeah that's that's totally it because I not I don't take any medication for it so it's like running is my medication just doing that any type of exercise but it's running yeah yeah and I think it's important to point out here that and I don't know obviously we don't know every detail of you kind of figuring this out, but it's so important to be self-aware. And when you realize something that you are struggling with, just to be curious and almost like a neutral third party watching someone else, because sometimes, because I've super been there where I've used food to, you know, self-medicate or to numb or whatever it is. And if Mm -hmm. you immediately think like, I'm a piece of shit. Like I just came home and I was just eating pizza and ice cream and I haven't even run. And that's why I feel like shit instead of realizing, whoa, I haven't run. So I feel bad. And maybe that's why I'm doing X, Y, Z. Like if you're immediately just like super mean to yourself, it's harder to learn from it and to just be like, whoa, because too, you said I, I started researching, like you read into it. It's just like, we have to be, curious with ourselves like why am I doing this in a nice way instead of like why am I doing this like in a in this very judgmental way that's not gonna go to a place of growth exactly and that's how I felt that I was like looking at myself when I would do that um like all this self-hate was in my head and I was just like oh my god like this is not okay I should not be thinking like this like this shouldn't be a, a thing that's in my head. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, and I think it's like important, especially nowadays, how open everybody is about it and how I love people when they post like self-care Sundays or self-care Saturdays or stuff, you know, or things are just like self-care. And I'm like, yes, you have to take the time out to do that because without that, you kind of like fall apart. (laughs) Yeah, you really do. And I feel like if you're not nice to yourself, you can't be nice to other people. It just like it's yeah. it, it, it's not going to last long term. And so you really have to it goes back to like put your mask on first. You have to do these things to make sure that you are in a good place, you know, physically and mentally before you can pass on whatever gifts you have to other people. Yeah. And I think that's super, super, super important, like especially with women and um, and I'm Mexican. So like. In the Mexican community, it's like you don't really talk about that stuff. Like all the mental illnesses and stuff are kind of like pushed to the side. Like, oh, they just have something going on. You know, it's never really talked about fully. And I think as a Latina, I feel like we should be talking about that stuff, Um, especially if people are just pushing it to the side and not really listening to those people who have those types of issues going on. Yeah. It's so, well, I've never really shared this, even though I, I feel like it's, I love sharing this stuff because I think it's so wildly important, but I remember driving in college and being like very just stressed and anxious. Like I felt physically like my neck even hurt. I was just so tense and I'm in traffic and I'm going, you know, from my Starbucks job to class or vice versa, whatever. And I just had this revelation like that I realized my grandma who had struggled with alcoholism her entire life probably just had high anxiety. And I was like, whoa, because I bet this is how she feels all the time because she was very abrasive and used alcohol a lot. And it's just like everyone knew it. And it was kind of one of these things, right, that you just accept And it's ridiculous to think almost that we, as like a culture sometimes, would be more judgmental of her doing self-care or taking a medication instead of, yeah, like she drinks too much. Who doesn't? Like it was almost like that's more accepted when that's ridiculous, you know, and we we roll our eyes or we're hesitant or we're self-deprecating instead of doing self-care. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not a bitch. I just am super anxious. Like it was like, and I'm literally, you know, like in college, probably like 19, just like having this revelation, being curious about myself and just realizing, and this is where it came from. And the reality is that's who I will be if I don't address it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that's why it's so important to be talking about all this stuff and it like, you know, my, my father was an alcoholic. So it was like, I don't want to do that. As I'm over here eating like 5,000 calories in one sitting, I'm like, I don't want to be like on 600 pounds, oh, you know, like the 600 pounds, like TLC show. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be the person that's like, yeah, well, I was just self-medicating with food, you know, to like comfort me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not how you should be dealing with your problems. I mean, sometimes you can, like, I am guilty of sitting there and (laughs) eating like 
a carton of like ice, not like a whole carton, but like, now that I'm more mindful of it, but like, you know, sitting there having that extra like Reese's pieces or whatever, you know, but I think it's, I'm more aware of what works for me now that it's like, that I've researched it and all that stuff. Yeah. And we all have like backslides. I, I kind of love like using the example of ice cream because I am a huge proponent of intuitive eating. And I, at some point went to, there's two RDs slash therapists that wrote the book. And one of them is in Newport beach, which wasn't far from me. I went to see her for a while. And at one point she said, cause I was saying, you know, that I had eaten all this ice cream and I was like, really just down on myself and felt like crap. And that keeps this pattern going, right? Where you feel like crap and you treat yourself like crap and it goes. And she was like, no one eats ice cream because they're hungry. And I was like, (laughs) like, just like, like, yeah, you know, like (laughs) I I was, and I had felt so bad about it. I was struggling with it. And it's like, boom, just like, and it made me change the way I saw it. And it was like, Okay, so I'm going to acknowledge that this was potentially just indulgent, just a treat, technically unnecessary, but like, that's okay. <laughs> it's, you're not weird. Yeah. You're normal for that. We're just trying to enjoy some ice cream, move on with your life. And it was just like stuff like that, where you just take off the judgment and just learn from it is how we get better. Yes, exactly. It happened. Okay. Now what do I do? Do I keep going into it? Do I just sink into the sand or do I get up? So I want to ask you some speed round questions. And these are kind of my favorite. First, I wrote these down. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) What's your favorite race distance and why? Okay. I'm going to be crazy and I'm going to say the marathon. Even though well, I've after, after you described it as magical, I mean, yeah, yeah, I would say the marathon. I I think I like the longer distances. I think I'm more comfortable running the longer distances. Like the five k really gives me like I'm having like really bad anxiety thinking about like running for 25 minutes really fast. <laughs> um, but I think the longer distance. I think the the marathon is probably my my thing I think it's going to be my thing (laughs) love it do you have um for the 5k are you running with someone that's going to pace you do you have kind of like a plan for the race yeah so one of my running friends that I run that I run with uh, practically every day she is super fast she like god bless people who have kids and run like seven minute eight minute miles without trying. (laughs) (laughs) I have no kids and she runs way faster than I do. (laughs) So she's actually going to be at the race. And I told her, I was like, okay, be easy on me. Um, You're going to pace me, even though you don't know, really know how to pace. I'm just going to follow you because you usually run in the, in this time frame. (laughs) No, that's good. That's, that's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps. And so do you know what like your next full marathon is? Do you have that thought out at all? I actually signed up again for the Philly. 
yeah. <laughs> like literally the the week after I was like okay I'm doing it because <laughs> isn't it like you wait a week to see if you actually want to do it again <laughs> well I mean, you didn't, yeah for people that cross the finish line and think their eyelashes hurt but you I think you were good to go I was good to go even though I couldn't move I was I was like good to go like okay so when's the next one <laughs> i feel like your body responds really well to runner's high like it's just you you've got it yeah i, I think that's the that's where the mental health comes in where like my body needs that chemical that running gives me <laughs> how perfect is that so i mean i'm guessing because my next question was what's your favorite race you're voting <laughs> I actually uh, I don't think it would be the marathon. Just, I think that the marathon, it would be my favorite race if it had like actual things to do. I think the spectators did like a lot during, like through the course of the race. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite race that I've done is the rock and roll, rock and roll half marathon. That yeah. was pretty cool. Those are like super any of fun the rock races. and rolls are really fun. Yes. I love, I love the rock and roll races. I think that they are super fun. I feel like, yeah, it's just a fun, the whole weekend. I feel like from the expo on, mm-hmm. there's like a very yeah. fun vibe to all of it. Yeah. And I just love race, like running and seeing like all the local bands and stuff. It's just great. And then at that like big, <laughs> they have like a big inflatable guy that you run under him. <laughs> I just, I just love that, that part. I don't know yeah. if they have it in any other rock and rolls, but I, I love that part. They do. I've done a lot of rock and roll races and I've seen it at every, every one that I've done for sure. Yeah. I love it. Cause it just like makes me laugh that I'm running under this guy, <laughs> this inflatable guy. <laughs> yeah for those that don't know there's like a guy he kind of has like a headband on right like he's like a yeah, rock and roll guy like he's huge rock and roll person yeah and it's like you're running through his legs like you were yeah playing a game of some sort of weird runner leapfrog i know that's why i think it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> like running under him i love it um do you have a running mantra or how do you kind of stay motivated when you're not feeling it. I do. Um, my running mantra is I can and I will. I actually <laughs> I actually made it my um, classroom motto this year. Because as I was training for the marathon, I, I started the year with the kids. And I was like, this is my marathon mantra. This is going to be our classroom motto. So whenever the kids feel like they can't do, you know, like a math worksheet or anything, I say like, you can and you will. And I tell them to tell it to themselves, say, I can and I will. And I feel like that's helped them a lot. And it's also helped me a lot because they're buying into (laughs) my quote. And I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. So, and I, I wrote like, I can and I will with every like training run. I love that. I really love that. And I feel like I wish I would have had that, like some sort of mantra as I was younger and I was doubting myself. That's, I mean, I really like that. I like that you're passing it on too. Yeah. And I, and I see that like the difference in them, like now since like it's March and like we said it all year and they're just like getting it and 
doing their work and you know when they come across like a speed bump and they look at me and they're like wait I can and I will mm-hmm. they're like never never mind Mrs. Sauter and then they go back to their seat and I'm like oh my god this is magical <laughs> like right oh, I love that words I'm just like oh my gosh this is actually working for them oh I love that what have you been listening to lately so there's a <laughs> there's a lot of comebacks of like stuff that I liked when I was younger. <laughs> like um I've been listening to obviously the Ariana Grande album. Mm-hmm. Super amazing. But I've been really listening to that new Jonas Brothers song. <laughs> I feel like really... <laughs> I look it's Jonas Brothers right now. <laughs> it's really catchy. And I like I forgot how catchy Jonas Brothers songs were. <laughs> and I listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really, really good. <laughs> like, uh, they they killed it again. <laughs> um, and also, the Backstreet Boys came out with a new album, too. <laughs> so I just been like living in the, t- the like early 2000s. <laughs> but yeah, the if anybody wants to listen to a good album, Backstreet Boys DNA, great. I'm album. gonna have to look it up now. Now, now I'm curious. No, you, you have to. It's really, really good, and you have to. They have, they have their. There's a music video for one of their songs. I forget what. I think it. Oh my gosh! But it's one of their song. One of their new songs, and they have like all their wives and their families in that in it and I'm like oh this is so sweet because uh-huh. you know like usually the Backstreet Boys had like the the supermodel person in their music videos and this is just like a whole video of just them and their families and I thought it was so sweet <laughs> oh oh it's called No Place that's the oh cute cute music video No Place I'm super looking that up yeah, you have to. And you have to tell me if you like it because I was <laughs> I, I fell in love with the Backstreet Boys all over again. Love it. I'm excited now. What is your victory lap, your post-race favorite meal or treat? A pizza. <laughs> like uh like extra cheese pepperoni pizza. <laughs> that's that's mine. It actually what's really funny, I do not recommend this. Like I am not saying to do this when I was marathon training every, not every, but mostly because we have this thing in our house that we, we get like pizzas on Fridays. So every, cause I did my long runs on Saturdays, every Friday, you know, my husband would order pizza and I, and then I'd eat pizza and French fries. And that was my fuel for the next morning for my long run. And I, and I just love, I love, pizza a lot you'll notice like on my instagram my name has a pizza emoji next to it (laughs) It, it's yeah wait (laughs) wait wait wait. where are you getting pizza and french fries i I just order pizza with a side of french fries (laughs) is this like a local like i don't feel like yeah it's like a local so it's and this is this was the culture shock that I got when I moved from LA to New Jersey. They don't have they have a lot of pizza places, like a lot of like mom and pop pizza places. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not like Domino's or Pizza Hut or like Little Caesars. So it's like, oh. a, okay, so like a lo- local, like mom and pop. And so do most like of them also pizzeria. have French they fries? Have French fries. They have like wraps. They have burgers. They have like anything you want pretty much. Wow. There you go. I know. I know. I know. It's it it blew my mind too (laughs) because as like I think one of the first times um I came I was over here and we were at his parents house and they were like oh what do you want from the pizza for or we're gonna order pizza and I'm like oh which place are you gonna order from and then they say the name of the pizza shop and I'm like is that a pizza shop (laughs) and then they're like yeah and I was like oh you're not gonna order from like Domino's and they were like, ew, why would we order some Domino's? <laughs> and I'm like, because Domino's is pretty delicious. <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't know, because when, in L.A., because I, I grew up over there, I didn't. Go, there isn't any mom and pop, like, pizza places, really. Yeah, and if there are, they don't have extra stuff. They don't have French fries. Yeah. This is why I was thrown off <laughs> by this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, um, yeah, they, it's mind blowing. Oh my gosh. I'm really missing out on this whole situation. Yeah, yeah next time you're on the East Coast, like, especially New Jersey, you know, just come to Jersey for the pizza and French fries. Seriously, because I feel like <laughs> that is definitely in my top three favorite foods. Greatest combination ever. Oh my gosh, I'm all about that. (laughs) You mentioned your Instagram. How can people follow you? What's your Instagram name? So my Instagram name is Kalina Marie. So it's uh, two A's at the end of Kalina. So it's K-A-L-E-E-N-A-A-M-A-R-I-E. Perfect, Kalina. I will share that in the show notes so people can follow along and hopefully see pictures of pizza and french fries. Hopefully, pizza and french fries and, you know, my crazy teaching life and family life. (laughs) Yeah, and how, because your redemption run is just in a couple weeks, so that should be popping up soon, too. Yeah, and then you can see my, (laughs) I share a lot of uh, old marathon pictures because of how magical it was. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kalina. You can follow her on Instagram at Kalina Marie, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes at runeatrepeat.com. Now it's time for the awards. First place, without a doubt, my number one obsession, cannot get enough lately, first place goes to the show Impractical Jokers. If you follow me on Instagram, especially my Insta stories, I, when I first like discovered this show, I think I was doing a bunch of Insta stories about it, I cannot get enough still. I... I I mean, I am laughing out loud. By the way, I never text LOL. If I text LOL, I've been kidnapped and I'm trying to signal you. But I am just like here by myself watching Impractical Jokers, just laughing, laughing like a weirdo happily. I love it. I don't care. I just, 
I'm recommending it to everyone. And I don't think it's everyone's jam for sure. But it's basically, if you're not familiar, these four guys who have been friends since high school, and they kind of dare each other to do weird, random things in public. They try to embarrass each other. But it's all very, like, clean comedy. It's not, I don't know, like, I want to say inappropriate. It's all sufficient for work. They're not cussing a ton and they're not, it's not sexual or whatever. So I think I would be able to watch it with my little brother. I think it's funny. Bottom line. I think Cell is adorable and it makes me happy. Okay. First place. Boom. Let me know if you watch it. Second place goes to Kristen from Stuffed Mama, who I went to a party with in San Diego last weekend. It was for this kickoff party for Rock and Roll San Diego. And on the way home, we met at her house and drove from there. And I was like, before I drove off to go home from her place, she hooked it up with so many snacks. She gave me so many snacks, like a cute little mom and it was the nicest thing and I super appreciated it. And so the next day I was like, I got to give Kristen an award next week when I do the podcast because she is the best and I super appreciated it. And she gave me like a couple of protein bars, like expensive snacks too. And some nut butter, like heck yeah, she's the best. And third place goes to Costco calendars. I want to give you a heads up because I actually did this for Christmas. I made my family a calendar. I did this a couple years ago, and then my sister-in-law took it over, and I took it back this last year, and I actually made one, too, for myself and for them. But originally, I made one for my mom, like pictures of my brothers and I and my niece, and now it's nieces. The Costco calendars, though, is what I'm trying to get at. I feel like they are high quality. They look really nice. They're big. It's fairly cheap and it's awesome and fun. So this is a good idea for like a Christmas gift because it's close to the new year. So you can give it at the end of the year and then they have a new calendar for the new year. But it's really just a good gift period if it would make sense to give it to someone another time of year. But just put that in your head movies that you might want to make sure that you are getting some good family pictures if you want to give this to someone in your life. And that's all for today. I have missed you guys. There's so much I want to talk about. I've been listening to a ton of books. So Next episode, I am going to give you my thoughts on some of the latest books I've listened to. Uh, Let me know if you have any recommendations because I am flying through audiobooks right now. I don't know what it is, but I'm on a tear. I cannot get enough of them. But we'll do a whole book review next time. And I have a ton of other really good interviews coming up. I super appreciate you listening. Like I said, you can check out more information on runnyrepeat.com or follow at runnyrepeat on Instagram and tag me. Let me know what you're doing while you listen. That's all for me for now. Have a great one. 
Thank you for listening. For show notes, recipes, discounts, and more, go to www.runeatrepeat.com. You can also connect with Monica on Instagram by following at runeatrepeat and on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash runeatrepeat. Be sure to subscribe to the show and please rate and review in your podcast app.